Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dominic Grimaldi here with Street Talk Theology, where we take theology and bring it to the streets. Praise the Lord. God bless you. An honor to be here, and I got my two co-hosts with me, Pastor Michael Teddy and Ashuk Manakamoa. I'm trying to get that right. I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm not getting that. I'm getting a little closer, I think. Uh, but it's always good to have. You're getting closer. Uh, you hear Ashuk? He says I'm getting closer, but not there. Um, but I think <laughs> close is only good in horseshoes. I think, but I, I don't know if you guys uh, know that. But anyway. I was wearing my, uh, I got my New York Giant jersey on today, and Ashuk was telling me, is that a football jersey? They uh, And obviously in India, they don't really know much about American football, they, but they do know about soccer. So, yes, go ahead, Pastor Mike. You know, I, I was just going to say, we, we, we know American football, but we just don't know why they don't use their foot a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do when they kick field goals and they kick off in the game, you know, so... Uh, <laughs> They they do it then anyway. But a couple of things. We are studying through the book of James, to the epistle of James, and we're going to start the second chapter uh, eventually today. Just a couple of things. Pastor Michael is working on a book, and our producer wanted to know the name of the book. So I, I'm, I'm going to get that out there now and uh, tell, ask Michael to give us the name of the book, and then I'll mention it at the end, too, just so Al can grab it out so he has it. So, Pastor Michael, what's the name of the book that you're working on? Is there? Do you have a name yet? Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, so the, the, the book is on the person of Christ. It's 25 meditations on the person of Christ. And Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So we've, ti- we've titled the book, Come All Ye Weary. Come All Ye Weary weary so everybody who's weary and heavy laden jesus said come to me and i'll give you rest and so that's the title we gave for the book yeah praise the lord so there'll be 25 meditations and lord willing we'll we'll have that book out soon and and uh we'll we'll be able to give you guys navigations how to get it and we're all in the process of doing that so when i came on you know we always do like a before we get on the show we always talk a little bit it's the, i mean these guys are my brothers man i mean we we can just uh we don't really rehearse anything <laughs> it's just the way we're wired even though we are studying the epistle of james and we will get there but i do have some good news if you remember miss sanu who is pastor michael's wife is pregnant again and we are so blessed and thankful to hear that pastor michael congratulations Thank you and amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Ashuk, you're going to be uh, uh, an uncle, or you'll be you'll you'll be having another Pastor Michael, uh, a little child running around. I know you're you'll be looking forward to that, right, Ashuk? Yes, yes. Looking forward to uh, to play along with. Yeah. So in this conversation that I was having when I was congratulating Pastor Michael on on the child, I learned something that was really 
a little shocking to me. And I, I was just asking, you know, do, do you guys as a married couple want to know if the child is uh, male or female? Or do you wait till the end of the term of the pregnancy? And we were just talking about those things. And I heard something that I want to have Pastor Michael tell us because it was uh, shocking to me in a way. If the baby is a female, there are some things that may happen in the society with the parents. So I want to pass the baton to Pastor Michael. And if Ashuk wants to uh, chime in on that too. But something that I heard that I think is is interesting, and I, I'm going to take the baton and just pass it to Pastor Michael. You had uh, expounded to me and told me why those things are not uh, known typically. Right. Yeah. So uh, in India, I think it was as as early as 1994, I think, uh, that um, it, it was made illegal uh, to know the gender of the child, um, gender of the uh, baby in the womb. Right. So um, uh, they they made sure to not allow that in India because there was a huge disparity in the child sex ratio in India. So what in 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 and, and this is not generally talking about all over India, but many pockets in India. It was more prevalent in the past. It's less now, but still, uh, in many societies, having a female child is seen as a liability by many people. And the reason for that is, uh, if you have a boy child, uh, usually the boys will grow up, be- become men, get jobs, and um, they take care of their parents, right? Um, so for a family to have a boy child, that's a long-term security. But if they have a female child, um, they've got to get them married off, right? So they, they have to spend a lot of money on the child. They grow up and they get married off into another family. And there's no long-term benefit uh, to, uh, you know, as they see it. And the second thing is that uh, if you have a female child and they grow up and you you know they become of marriageable age, dowry system is uh, pretty big in many parts of India, and so the parents have to spend a lot of money to get their uh, um, daughters married off, and so because of all of that, there's always been a negative you know uh, impact of that among different parts of the society in India. So uh, when they get to know that the baby is female, a lot of people started going and taking a, uh, getting an abortion done. So female feticide was very high. And um, it, it was illegal in India to, to abort a baby just because they're female. And so the way the government managed that was by preventing parents from knowing whether the child was male or female uh, till they were born. So you can't, you, you can't know the gender of the child. In fact, if you go into uh, most of these, um, uh, you know, you go to the hospital to see the gynecologist uh, during this, during the term of the pregnancy, you'll all, you'll see it almost on every wall. Uh, it's written, do not ask the doctor about the gender of your child. If you do, you can serve a prison sentence. So it's not it's not only that the doctors cannot reveal, it's that the parents cannot ask. Um, the conversation is not allowed legally um, to take place. And I think that 
as we're talking about that, it's just amazing. And just to know the different cultures, how they, how we operate on, on human life and, and the, the creation of the child in the womb. It's just, just an attack, obviously, on, on the, the creative order by, by our Lord and Savior. Um, but with that being said, there is, and so if I can say this, Ashuk and, and Pastor Michael, that there's favoritism towards the male child, obviously. And that leads into the second chapter of James when we're going to talk about the sin of favoritism. So it's kind of apropos that I had this conversation providentially and learned about this, and I was shocked, and I was trying to talk to Ashuk and trying to understand it, and I, I do have a understanding of it now. But what I want to do now is um, we're about 10 minutes into the broadcast. I want to start in chapter 2 of James because we are going to talk about the sin of favoritism, and I'm going to read the first seven verses now, just so you know, me and Ashuk did the first chapter of James. So if you if you want to catch up, you'd have to listen to the last broadcast that me and Ashuk did. Uh, Pastor Michael wasn't feeling well at the time. So we got uh, Pastor coming in now on the second chapter of James. So we're not going to recap. So you go back and listen to chapter one that me and Ashuk uh, discussed. So we're going to get right into chapter two. I don't know how far we'll get. Is that okay, guys? Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, good. Yeah, so, yeah. Ashuka, it's good. Okay. So I'm going to read the first seven verses. Basically, we opened up with discrimination against females in India. And we want to be careful. Michael says not everywhere, but but in most places in India, the male child is favored over the female child. So let me read these first seven verses. Um, reading from the Legacy Standard Bible, second chapter of the letter of James, the epistle to James, as we know, James is the Lord's brother. And we do know, and we discussed last time, me and Ashuk, that this is a very early letter, could very well be in the 40s, probably only 15 years, 12 years after our Lord and Savior resurrected. Pastor Michael, probably the earliest letter in the New Testament, if, if scholars are right, I think. So um, and me and Ashuk were talking about that last week. So let me just read the first seven verses, and I'll ask my two brothers to see what we can get out of this. So it says, My brothers, do not hold your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of personal favoritism. For if a man comes into your assembly with a gold ring and dressed in bright clothes, and there also comes in a poor man in dirty clothes, and you pay special attention to the one who's wearing the bright clothes and say, you sit here in a good place, and you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down by my footstool, have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, did not God choose the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Is it not the rich who oppress you and they themselves drag you into court? Do they not blaspheme the good name by which you have been called? So that's the first pericope there, and it's talking about favoritism. So Pastor Mike, basically he says, you know, if somebody comes in with a goal, Basically, the Greek is a gold-fingered man should come into the church. 
wearing fine clothing over against a poorly dressed man, there'll be a favoritism there. Can I ask you a, a theological question? It seems like uh, James is describing Jesus as the Lord of glory, basically, you know, living in the heavenly sphere. But in those two verses, Pastor Michael, what, what are you what are you seeing? If you had to explain to us, what are you seeing in those first couple of verses? Yeah, I mean, uh, it is amazing because uh, when you when you take the Lord of glory, you take Christ in all his glory and you take the gospel what you have is the eternal Prince of Peace, um, the eternal God himself, who uh, laid aside the glories of his heavenly existence to come down in flesh and blood, in humility, to be obedient even to the point of death. The whole picture of the Lord of glory in the gospel is that he comes down from the palace into the marketplace, into the village where uh, where exists the depraved, where exists the poor man. We are the poor men. The whole gospel is about God in all his great riches coming down to poor men, pitiful men, and saving them from their rags, their filthy rags. Uh, and so that's the picture of the gospel that we have at its, at its very root. When here in the text, People do the the opposite, right? They they are honoring the rich men, and they are pushing aside the poor men. They are defaming the gospel. They are going against everything the gospel fundamentally stands for, and so it's significant that uh, we who hold our faith in the Lord of Glory, who came down, so our faith in the Lord of Glory who came down to save us, if we hold to that faith, we can't show such partiality because that's that's fundamentally contradictory to the gospel. Hey, Ashuk, so, you know, Pastor Michael just really hit on something that I, I, I don't know if I've ever seen. So think about this. And I was thinking about that when Pastor Michael was talking about the Lord coming through the birth channels of a woman. You talk about the sovereign God of the universe who really is coming down and and if anybody should be shown favoritism we know he should but he comes down and takes on the form of a servant and so i think maybe james here being the lord's brother is saying look at the lord that's a great uh, i think that's a great point that 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 pastor michael has brought up <clears throat> yeah so pastor michael that's a great point because i, I looked at it and saying you talk about showing favoritism to certain rich people, what about the richest, the highest Jesus Christ of Nazareth coming through the birth channels of a woman? You talk about someone who who took off the, I mean, never took the Lord of glory off, but veiled it by coming in humanity. So I think that's a great right. point, uh, Pastor Mike, yeah. great point. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think it's important. The biblical approach, the healthy Christian approach to reading the Bible is a God-centered approach, not a man-centered approach. Amen. Uh, a lot of Christians uh, look at the Bible through the lens of uh, themselves. You know, uh, they are the center of all things that happen. We never see ourselves as the poor men. We see ourselves as uh, the privileged men. We see ourselves as uh, the glorious men. 
But like Paul Washer reminds us, and I love that phrase that he says, there are no great and mighty men of God. There are only weak and pitiful men of a great God. And so the point is that God is great. God is mighty. And so if we see ourselves as poor, and, and this is going back to the parable of uh, uh, the master who pardons the servant who owes him money and sets him free for the sake of him and his family, sets him free uh, from all those liabilities. But he then goes himself and there's another person who owes him money and he goes and instead of showing, extending that same grace to them, he imprisons him, right? And and uh, he he does not show grace, he shows vengeance and wrath. And and uh, in the end, what happens to the servant is that he gets punished by the master for what he has done. So when Jesus extends to us the grace of the gospel, he expects us to extend that grace in turn to those around us. And if we go and don't show that grace, and if we don't extend that grace and we act contradictory to the very gospel that saved us, then the master will in fact punish us. The master will in fact judge us for that kind of ignorance. Yeah, that's a great point. Ashuk is having a, some connection uh, issues, but we're going to just try to ask him one question before we sign off, before we get back into this in the next sex, uh, section. But there is a there is a play on words, Ashuk, where they turn around and say, the brother, God shows the poor of this world to be rich in faith. So again, we live in a society, especially here in America, now, um, Ashuk, you got a couple of minutes here, but I know that you were telling me before we got on that there is a lot of discrimination also in India, because here it's saying that the poor of this world have become rich in faith. And there's that where, in other words, it has nothing to do with how much you have. It's really about your faith in Christ. So my question to you, Ashuk, yes. um, is... You were saying that there's a lot of discrimination in India, and how does the church address that? How does your does your church deal with that, or how does the church at large deal with that? In our church, we haven't had much of an issue with a lot of income disparity, and uh, God forbid that it, it may ever happen. Uh, but then we know of churches that uh, go through this, go, go through these difficulties, and we see pastors and deacons giving much much more importance to the wealthy members uh, in the church. And the members who tithe the most, they have the most say uh, in church meetings and member meetings and in the decisions of the church. And sadly, what ha happens is most of the churches don't do anything uh, about this, uh, especially if the pastors are on a payroll, then you want to keep the people who tithe the most, uh, who... Uh, put in the most into the offering bag because your paycheck comes because of them. So there's all sorts of bad uh, issues. I can think of a few churches in India where the pastors uh, have very wealthy people coming to the church, but they make it a point after the church service to go and meet with all the poor people in the church. Uh, give The pastors give their personal time uh, specifically for the poor people. Uh, and I'm not saying that you should go to the other extreme lower strata of the economic class means that you're more spiritual. That's that's not the point at all. 
like Paul was reminded by Peter and James uh, while returning from Jerusalem, do not forget the poor. Right, so which means that there can be a tendency among the pastors and elders to actually uh, forget the poor because of the flesh. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that is something that we see in our culture, and the only way to redeem uh, us from it is the gospel. That the gospel is applied, and we think in heavenly terms. That our treasures are not laid up on earth, but in heaven, where moth and rust cannot destroy it. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, I think that, and, and James also says here, you know, don't make distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts. And I think, and I think that in, 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 in here in America, Pastor Michael, we're going to give you the last word on this. And we got about two minutes, but here in America, you have a lot of disparities. And, and I think the same thing, like Ashuk was saying about certain tithings in the church and people looked on upon differently and stuff. So, Pastor Michael, coming from a pastor's perspective, usually I'm going to ask you in 60 seconds to do this, Pastor Michael, because here, as pastors, we don't really know what people give, maybe for that reason. Same over there in India. Do you know, uh, are the pastors privy on what's give uh, put in the offering box by certain people? Not all the time, but there are there are situations where you get to know, especially for a small church. Yeah, it, it is possible to know. Yeah, it's not a strict rule per se, but uh, yeah, in a lot of churches, the pastors do know who gives how much. And obviously, there is there is that tendency to to cater to the ones who give more. But obviously, and that's something we, I guess, would have to fight off as a, a temptation. Maybe if I if I can say it like that, no, Pastor Michael. Yeah, I, I do agree. And, you know, in the, the, the text here, the disparity is specifically talking about money. But if you if you are careful to look at it, you know, it, it, disparity could come from any sort of um, thing. So, for example, in, in some churches, certain activities or certain giftings are considered to be worth more uh, privilege than others. For example, there are churches where if you are a Hindu convert or if you are a convert from any other religion into Christianity, there are churches where you are considered second grade Christians uh, because you were not Christian since birth. And so in those churches, you will find discriminations based on that or the reverse. And so uh, it's easy for things like that to arise in any sphere. And the important thing to remember, I think, is that the solution is the gospel. The solution is to Amen. go back to the Bible, to go back to the source. No, Nothing else will fix this problem for you. Um, yeah, so even when we were talking about female infanticide and all those issues with uh, uh, male children being preferred, um, feminism is not the answer. Because feminism will say that you can't kill female babies just like that. That's that's wrong. And at the same time, they will fight for the woman's freedom to abort the baby. And so they basically contradict themselves, you know, and they get nowhere, which is why we need to go back to the gospel. We need to go back to scripture. Amen. Well, anyway, we're out of time here. So we're going to be back. You guys will be back. We want to expound a little more on James. We'll do another session. Um, this is Street Talk Theology. My name is Pastor Dominic Romaldi, where we take theology and bring it to the streets. Now, Michael, just before I hang up, just the name of your book again. Yeah. Come all ye weary. Come all ye weary. Amen. This is Street Talk Theology. My name is Pastor Dominic Romaldi, where we take theology 
and bring it to the streets. Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org. Thank you.